Alchemist podcast. My name is Tony, and I'm the host and creator behind this offering. If you are new, welcome and thanks for joining us. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast if you like it. For all of our listeners out there, if you like what you hear, please head over to iTunes and give a five star review. It just helps other people find us. Okay, so first off, how is everyone managing? We're close to week seven or so of social distancing measures in the states. A lot has been developing and physically causing us to stop and take a deep look at the reality of what each of us is facing in this global pandemic. Last week, I spoke about the end of season one and the growth that will be here in season two. To catch up, if you haven't checked out last week's episode, you can have a listen to it, hear more on what I'm talking about there in more detail. In the course of the episode, I spoke about some journal prompts and thought generators you could use to help unlock your reflections on your relationships to the themes of love, money, and possessions. Self-love is included, how you value and make money, how you view possessions, and what your life history with these themes have been. I encourage you to go back and forth with the topics, like, you know, start with one day, go back, review what you wrote, add some more to it as thoughts came into your head, uh, aiming to look at the high-level, big-picture view of the themes at large. The daily returns would allow you to jot down smaller things you remember, and by the time you got to the end of the week, you would be remembering things like the time you dropped your ice cream when you were five, or the sneakers your parents wouldn't allow you to get because they were too expensive, the first time you got your first car, maybe. And then maybe by the end of that week, you would see some themes start to develop. Those themes could either look like triggers around those themes of happiness um, when it comes to mere material possession or money. Does money or love make you uncomfortable? Do you need material things to define your success? Where did that come from? And do you give yourself enough love? Is self-love something that you actively and intentionally engage in? As an example, so things that came up for me, I have come to understand, not just in the immediate of the last week, but in my journey, that I definitely have some definite blocks around receiving. Receiving compliments, adoration, payment, money for services that are rendered, and support generally are themes that I have always had some uncomfortability with. I realize that I used to think in my 20s, in the first part of my life, up until my mid-20s, that financial independence meant total freedom that if you made your money, no one could tell you what to do. And I think that's a viewpoint a lot of us have when we are growing up in a society that kind of guides us in certain ways. But as my views changed on what I wanted my life to look like and evolved, I have realized that money doesn't completely buy you freedom in an absolute form. And secondly, if I have blocks around receiving, am I ever going to make money anyway? So then I thought back on how I made efforts to integrate these lessons that had been coming up for me into my life. 
And it's one of the reasons why I'm so passionate about systems because they really helped me to make space to examine these themes and be able to make impactful changes that were long-term changes, not just short fleeting ones. So when I talk about systems, I mean creating spaces of time in which I could examine these themes and make more impactful changes. Things like making time for physical movement, exercising, yoga, um, taking care of my body and dietary needs, um, juicing more, doing things like that. Meditation each day, writing and reading definitely helped me tremendously. Ultimately, getting to the point of clarity where I realized I wanted to take a trip all the way across the globe to Bali, which I did in 2018, to do something that was completely for myself. Um, and then also use that time to explore the themes and ideas and priorities that were important to me. So giving myself that self-love. And then in that journey, examining the things that meant the most to me in terms of how I relate to myself, how I relate to love, how I relate to money and material possessions, and how that means, how they all co-mingle or intermingle with each other. So I asked you last week to see what small systems you could start right now that would help you get started on integrating healthy connections to these concepts and themes. So how did that go for you? If you need help on some more ideas, reach out to me by sending an email to highvibealchemist at gmail.com. Now moving on to focus for the week ahead. It's Thursday, April 30th. I can't believe I just said that. So let's talk about some areas of focus for now until May 5th of next week. So today the moon is making a square to Mercury, Uranus, and the sun. There's also a conjunction that's going to be happening between Mercury and Uranus. The few representations of the moon is our subconscious or unconscious, those needs that are rooted in our hidden kind of underlying need for safety and security. Your sun is who you are. Your ascendant is your projection of the mask or what you put outward towards the world. It's kind of like how people see you when they first meet you, that filter that you have on yourself and how you project. And your moon is kind of like that comfy place of what you need to feel safe and secure emotionally and physically, but more of the emotional connections to those things. So that's kind of what the moon is representing, right? And with the ideas and concepts around Mercury, Mercury is about communication, data, short distance travel. Uranus is the liberator. It's the one that constantly seeks liberty, like give me freedom or give me death. The sun is like the great illuminator. It energizes all and everything that it touches. So with Mercury conjunct Uranus, it can signify that the communication and the need for communication, whether verbal, written, or otherwise, around themes of freedom and revolutions um, and those ideals are more prominent. They're heightened. They're energized. And squaring aspects generally feel like blocks or containments. So how are we seeing heightened expressions or the need, the forms for freedoms in the present collective being displayed? Um, what are we also hearing or not hearing in terms of data and communication that's informing us directly? And how are they related to how we protect our freedom? Uh, what are they saying about freedoms? Concepts and questions over the price of what we pay for, quote unquote, safety over freedom. Think about themes of censorship and the questions like, am I hearing something that's based on facts or is this just this person's opinion? Inferences that are being spoken, Mercury being communicated, uh, influencing or integrating the information for me. How am I taking that information in? Am I getting the right information in the first place to make an informed conclusion? 
Now, these are just questions to prompt thoughts on these concepts. I'm not stating any of my own opinions here. Form your own, but question and make sure that what you're receiving and the information that you're intaking is based on logic and reason, aside from just philosophy or personal opinion. As we move into Friday and the weekend, we will feel the tensions ease a little bit. The moon moves into Virgo and then Scorpio in prep for the full supermoon that's happening on the 7th of May. In her journey, she'll end up in a supportive trine to Mercury, Uranus, and the Sun, the same signs that were just being aspected by squares. So see if you notice a difference in the field of communication and data moving forward. There'll be an emphasis on Saturn because there's going to be a quincunx that's going to be activated, highlighting patience and restraints. So the ideas and themes around don't jump to conclusion, we still have more testing to do, we want to make sure it's safe, these kind of communications. So see if you can kind of identify those triggers and things that you're hearing um, uh, in the collective going through to the weekend. The moon will make a square to Venus, but squares with Venus are, between the moon and Venus, are not as harsh as squaring aspects in other planets that are more energetic and dynamic, like a Saturn and Mars square, let's say. Venus and Moon and the Moon both have a, a more flowy energy to them, a softer energy to them. So this is more like a wait a minute, we gotta wait for the light to change kind of energy rather than you're grounded for the rest of the school year. If you can tell the difference. Um, the Moon's gonna be supported by trying to Pluto and Jupiter later the same day on the third. So there could be some happenings around either you realizing your feelings and expanding something you had hidden in your passions because you either felt it was not you or you're afraid of how it would be perceived or even just researching something that you were keeping a lid on to see if it would flesh out. And now Jupiter is coming in and growing that work so you can make a decision of yes or no via something you weren't seeing expressing or expressing clearly. Pluto is about the representation of things that are hidden, you know, things that you can't really see very clearly. And so when Pluto is activated, those things come to the surface and Jupiter being an expansion energy, it's going to grow those things. And the expansion can be for positive or constructive kind of review, depending on what is going on in the larger scale, what's going on personally for you or at large. And finally, the North Node, which has been in Cancer for the last 18 months or so, is now on its way to Gemini. So the North and South Nodes are shifting signs. The North Node moves with the pairing of the South Node, and they're in direct opposites of each other. So whatever sign um, the North Node is in, the South Node is in, and the opposite sign across from the zodiacal wheel. So for the last 18 months, we've had the nodes in Cancer, the North Node in Cancer, and the South Node in Capricorn. And now we're going to be moving into a period of the nodes being in Gemini and Sagittarius. So the North Node will enter Gemini on the 6th of May. In short description, the North Node is what we're committed to as a collective group. When I say collective groups, there will be a collective series of years that people were born that they share the same North and South Node signs. So if you are in a group such as myself, which is the upcoming group that has the North Node natally in Gemini and the South Node natally, like when you were born in Sagittarius, our kind of collective class lesson group is now going to be highlighted. So it's moving from that group that had Cancer North Node and Capricorn South Node, and it's moving into our class of Gemini North Node and Sagittarius South Node. And, and going back to the descriptions, the North Node is generally seen as what we as a collective group 
with those signs came into this life cycle committed to learning and to mastering. And the south node is the area that we completed lessons in in our past life cycle. So we're bringing those lessons that we've learned into this current life cycle. And through the use of what we've learned, it will help us to learn the new lessons, but it also will test us and support us. So we're going to see a lot of things, Sagittarius-themed things come up that can kind of seem like a test to how we're going to use and learn the lessons of our Gemini North Node lessons that we need to learn as a group. So for me, I'm looking at things about how these communications coming through as a collective or an individual to the collective or the collective to the individual um, inform our beliefs as a group, how education interactions with the global community, Sagittarius things, how we interact with the global community and strengthen those ties or deteriorate them. And if we educate ourselves to understand that we have a global necessity to continue to have a dialogue, that we all share information, Gemini, in order to educate ourselves, Sagittarius, and really form this ideal or structure on how we take care of each other, right? So now with the ideas of um, Sagittarius also having this expansive energy, we can either support and give support to a positive evolution stemming from the positive inclusive changes that we make or an expansive uh, devolvement stemming from the increased low vibrational or isolating contractions that we choose to give our energy and our attention to. So now if you haven't yet gotten the gist of why so many of us that study astrology have cautioned this year is going to be an intense one, we're not done yet. So the next set of retrogrades is upon us. And with the full moon on the 7th and the north node changing signs, we're gearing up for a ride. And that ride is going to be Venus, Jupiter, Saturn, and Pluto all being retrograde. Yay. So Pluto's already retrograde. Um, Saturn will join in on the fun on the 11th of May, Venus the 12th, Jupiter the 14th. But let's take a look at taking the negative out of the retrograde talk and talk about themes so that we can understand the lessons that these transits are trying to uh, help us integrate. So with Venus, we talked last week about Venus being both the ruler of Taurus and Libra. Venus is going to be retrograde in Gemini, so that's going to be where her area of kind of focus is going to be. And Gemini actually rules the respiratory system. So when I think of COVID-19 having largely adversely affected this area, I'm looking to see what information comes out about the long-term effects of this and what are some healing restorative options that we can do to restore our respiratory power. Jupiter deals with belief systems, individual and collective, expansion of positive or low vibrational energy, travel to distant places, foreign interactions, um, so global travel, education and philosophy, which both informs our beliefs, correct? So as I was stating earlier, looking to see how we are reviewing those ideas and themes and what we're choosing to then move forward with um, from that review and that the retrograde period. Saturn, the father figure, signifies the reminder of the commitments that we make and we need to make. Containment as a way of caution or patience and the establishment of order, organization to effectively meet those commitments that we made and to do things right the first time. So in positive manifestation, it's the blueprint or the system that helps us get things done. Systems, right? 
and leads to benevolent change, good change, lasting change. And in its lower expression, it's like the boot stomping on the vulnerable, the drilling down and diminishing of personal group freedoms for concentration of power to select few or the expansion of existing unequal distribution of power and freedoms. So look for themes around this. And then lastly, Pluto, the furthest planet and the end of the line, for now anyway. Pluto is the decider. There's no negotiations when it comes to Pluto. When you get to his doorstep, he's the the death harbinger, like he is Hades. There's no negotiation. There's nothing to do but to surrender. And so questions um, around what are we clinging to that simply doesn't exist anymore. When we keep saying things like returning to normal, what is normal? And does a normal even exist anymore? Questions like who is trying to cling to power or cling on to the power that they already have and that's slipping away. And then the question of why are they trying so desperately to hang on to this power? What is their underlying motive for being so adverse to change. Pluto asks us to think about what positive lessons can come from permanent change or release. Think of your first heartbreak or loss of a loved one, loss of a job, failing a test. All of those things are hard and it was hard. You had no control, you had no say, you couldn't change the determining decision at that time. But was there a positive you could draw from it? Did you connect with friends after a heartbreak? Did you get a letter that a loved one left you as an inheritance or a gift? Not necessarily a monetary inheritance, but something emotionally meaningful to you. Did you realize your resiliency in the moment of losing your job? Did you start your own business? Did you self-study, retake that exam to pass just with flying colors? These are all ways we can meet adversity and permanent change. You can and should grieve the loss of anything that held value to you. But when you stay in that grief, you miss the rising. Both Jupiter and Pluto will be retrograde in Capricorn. So focusing on our current and already permanently changed existing societal structures, what we perceived as stable is going to change, has already started to change. Think about things like the financial market, the healthcare industry, our food supply chain, which is now starting to show the cracks of how we get food from where it's being manufactured or farmed, manufactured, and then to your local grocery store. We're seeing the kind of cracks start to happen with Pluto dissolving those structures that no longer can sustain. Saturn is going retrograde through Aquarius, the sign of community and the commitment to interconnectivity of the individual as part of the whole, not every single person just for themselves. So questions like, will we follow the belief that as long as I have for mine, I don't care? Or do we give expansion to the idea of giving to each other, supporting local trade, community food supplies, access to local quality health care, shifting to more support of credit unions in the local community over large for-profit corporate banking? What will our new collective represent and how will we hold ourselves to those commitments? That's Saturn. So to end, let's talk a bit about what systems we can focus on to help us individually so we can help each other collectively surrounding these themes. Venus and Gemini, rest, healing and self-care. Pay attention to your lungs, your respiratory functions. You can certainly look up supportive herbal naturopathic remedies to support your respiratory functions in your lungs. Uh, I'm happy to share any resources with you that I have. Just send me an email. Limit the amount of news, 24-hour cycled news that we're constantly being bombarded with and the constant intake of information. Try to limit that. Same goes for verbal incoming outgoing communication 
constantly feeling obligated to have to talk to people on the phone for hours at a time, the over busyness, over committing to too many things. So when I spoke earlier about making space, creating time for you to be able to sit with your thoughts and give yourself space to examine these things, make sure you're not over processing or over programming yourself and your systems make space in those systems. So think about things like making a one to two hour intake of news for the day. And then further from that, thinking about are they fact-based, the information that you're receiving? Can you trust that information? And how do you know you can trust it? Do a little bit more research on your own for topics you find interesting. Maybe look up a second or third article, see what the experts are saying, see if you can get some corroborating details that make you understand that the facts that you're receiving are facts and not just opinions. Can you see if you can filter the inferences and opinions versus the actual facts of something that's being relayed to you? Be aware of overindulging. Um, That's a huge thing for Venus retrograde in general. And if you want some quick do's and don'ts about Venus retrograde, you can check out my IGTV page on Instagram. I made a video about some good do's and don'ts for the themes. You can check that out over there. When it comes to Pluto themes, uh, sit with releasing control and your ideas and formations around these kind of themes. Think about the idea of transformation after released, as we talked about earlier. Continue to journal. It's a great way of um, releasing emotion. If you're not a person who can sit and talk or you don't have the opportunity to sit and talk with a, a licensed therapist, it's a good way of getting your emotions out at least onto paper, and then you can review them for yourselves. Oftentimes after I journal, I'll go back and I'll read what I wrote, and there'll be things that will come clear to me that I didn't even realize I was thinking or feeling at the time I was writing. So it's a really great exercise and a way for you to see what's in your head without having to feel them in such a a direct way. So continue to meditate, continue to go for walks if you can, move your body, whatever helps you feel calm and helps you to process your emotions and your information. Some prompts when it comes to journaling, think about things that are related to Pluto themes. So what do I know no longer to be true in my life? What do you know is, has changed permanently from you for you? How can I see the freedoms from this release? And what am I choosing to see or step back from? For Jupiter themes, think about how is this current reality and all of this information contributing to your self-study, but also might be impacting, growing, or shaping your personal beliefs. Have you been starting to see things that were maybe hidden in the past? Pluto being articulated by data that's communicated to you, Gemini, and have changed permanently Pluto the way in which you see things and what you have accepted as your personal beliefs and philosophies. And when it comes to Saturn themes, think about what commitments do you want to personally review and renew during this inward cycle. Retrogrades are about bringing the energy in, reviewing, taking the time to really go through the details and strip out what isn't working so you can make your plans and go through them to launch in the future after the energy goes more direct. It's kind of like the work before you take the test that you can move on and graduate to the next level. So with Saturn themes, how can you put some systems into place, systems, organization, Saturn, that assist you now in meeting things that you want to meet in the future that you can start today? So my whole thing is system over goals. So don't think about goals you want to make per se as what leads your lives, but think about systems you want to integrate into your lifestyle that makes those goals happen naturally for themselves 
and you take small increments each way and make a lasting impactful change over the long term because it's a journey, not a sprint, right? So when you think about creating an exercise regimen or someone committing to their health and making small increasing amounts of change that make lasting change over the long term. How can I contribute to the system uh, that I want to see built in the future? So we talked about this idea of what are we going to put our energy to? What we give energy to grows, the low vibration or the high vibration. So it depends on what we are choosing to focus our energy on. So things like community involvement, eco, climate change, reduction of waste, things around those concepts. Sustainable business models, if you're a business owner. Shopping practices, if you're a consumer, are you going to you know, try to reduce your waste? Are you going to try to shop more mindfully? Are you going to support brands that do the same? Because you know that it's going to help support your community and it's going to help support the planet that your children inherit or you want to grow old and live in. Donation to the tangible things like tourist things, Venus things like food, shelter, actual physical tangible things. So donation, um, either, uh, whether it be money or time or your talent to organizations that are helping with outreach to groups that are underfunded and, and, and forgotten traditionally. So volunteering talents can be free. Maybe it is, you know, you're a graphic designer and you help with a website or you're a social media marketer and you help with a social media platform from one of these organizations. So there are tons of ways that we can contribute. It doesn't just have to be the the direct way that we've known of giving money for donating or donating time to volunteer in a physical form in one way. We can volunteer our time in, in other ways. Um, self-healing healing guides. So people in the, the realm of healing works and supportive alternative healing. So particularly that came of interest to me was birth and death doulas. Birth doulas are becoming a mother, becoming a father, a parenting situation. And death doulas, when you think of like hospice nurses or people with who care for people or end of term or end of life care, we as a result of this global pandemic, are in a new structure of or a new kind of paradigm of how that's going to exist, right? They have been limiting people who can visit patients in the hospital. Family members have not been allowed to go see their loved ones as they ultimately either pass from COVID or child is born. Like fathers are not being allowed in the the rooms or you know even in the waiting areas because of the spread of the virus that could be possible but how does that impact the social interaction and emotional needs of the mother and of the father for not being able to be there with both mothers or both fathers and then in end of life care what does that mean for the grieving process you can't when you can't congregate in groups of more than five people how do you uphold your religious practices uh, for mourning? How do you engage in your grief? How do you support each other in your grief? So these themes are going to be very big and there's going to be a really even much stronger need for a response and a new way of responding through assisting people through these periods of transition of life and death. And so I'll leave it at that for today. So for more personal analysis, um, help with building systems for individuals and mindful business owners, let's schedule a time to chat. Just send me an email, highvibealchemist at gmail.com. Send me a message on Instagram if that's where you are mostly. 
If you want some more self-study tips on these themes, check back in episode uh, one of season one on how to get started. There's some good practice exercises and things that you can do to kind of get your mind going to think about these themes. Head on over to my Instagram and follow me. Head on over to my IGTV for upcoming stories. So I'm going to be doing a short story on my top five books for right now that'll deal with these kind of themes, topics, and then anything system related that I I have going on. And uh, also my top five current digital system organization apps. So as I now try to move a little bit more from analog to digital, just to decrease my paper trail, I'm going to switch to more digital organization and systems. And so it's also really helpful for you if you are a more digital person and you're less likely to do analog planning or handwriting, hitting on notes or notebooks or things like that. And if you're a business owner that's constantly on the go and you have your devices, as long as you're synced to a connection, you can get all of your business-related things and your, your system plans for the day for you personally all in one place. So I'll be sharing my top five kind of current organizational apps on IGTV, so check that out there. I also have an upcoming Zoom call with Portia from Urbanasanas, and we're going to be talking about self-care rituals for skin and skin health at home. So be sure to check out my IG and Facebook for some information on how to register or the link for the Zoom. That's going to be happening on Monday. As usual, send me any of your thoughts. If this was helpful to you, send me any ideas for topics or new content, collaborations. I'm always looking for people to come on and share your experiences. So let me know. Subscribe to the monthly newsletter that's written for more supportive written messages like these. And in the meantime, I wish you and yours the best of health. Stay safe, stay strong, and walk in love. Until next time, bye for now.